All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome everybody to dropping the gloves. What do you think of that? What do you think of that title, Marcus? Dropping the gloves. Uh, I, it sounds very fitting. No, oh, Marcus Felino's here, everybody. I didn't even introduce him. Oh my goodness! <laughs> former Sudbury Wolf, former Buffalo Saber, current Minnesota Wild, Marcus Felino. How are you, Marcus? Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, awesome. Doing well. Good to see you again, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have my former teammates. Oh, and Tim's here, too. Hi, Tim. <laughs> Hi, John. Hey, Hi, Tim. Marcus. Tim, that's enough. Too much talking. No Sorry. Sorry. See, yeah, Marcus <laughs> knows. He's listened to the show. He knows how it goes. But anyways, just, we're lucky Just enough. point to me when you want me to talk. Okay. You can, oh, turn yeah. your, you can turn your video off, Tim. It's fine. That's what, that's what John used to do to me when I was a rookie. I would say something like, well, I didn't point at you to talk. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> no, I was no, a good I, vet. <laughs> Actually, let's talk about yeah. that. Okay, so you were on that Buffalo team. Were you playing when Miller got ran by Lucic? Uh, I was I was in the farm. I was in Rochester. Okay. Yeah, that was the year before you came. Yeah. And that was, that was a big deal. We got John Scott that summer, and then it was like – Were you we excited that I was coming or no? I mean, yeah, I was because I think like – not that like uh, I came in and I had like um, fourteen games spent, and it was like a lot of physical play. I just kind of went balls to the walls as yeah. far as I could <laughs> last a little bit, and then obviously we I didn't play Boston that year, but that they kind of brought me in because of just physicality reasons. And then it was nice to know that I had a legit tough guy coming into our team to help us out with teams like Boston. Yeah, and you, you guys uh, just and then said I remember Boston, right? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, that Goss had got traded at the deadline when I got called up, and it was just like kind of swapping out, and it was not a lot of pressure, but you're kind of looked at to provide that physicality to help out Miller. And then you came in, and I remember that game in Boston where you fought Thornton, and it, <laughs> we I think we ended up coming back and scoring eight on those guys. And then that was, it was just it was just hectic. It was just having you in the lineup made me stand up a little bit taller. 
we were we were line mates for a few games if i if i i think i think more than a few i think for like at least 30 and we played well we were the third line for a while yep anyway so was yeah, it we weird there. was it weird being called up gossett got traded did you feel pressure to be like i got to be the guy you know what i mean like this is my chance i got to start did you fight a lot when you first got called up i uh i only had one fight when i got called up uh i mean mainly because i think i was playing with i was playing with stafford and ns Tyler oh, so ns you weren't the and it was like a second line almost and we were playing really well and and offense was there and then the following year though the lockout year when when we came in i think there was a lot more pressure to kind of be physical i mean being down in rochester I fought a little bit more than coming in i think i had um a, a fight kind of right away the first game of the year and stuff like that so um i remember like you know we had you we had cody mccormick um steve we had, we had a tough guys. team like we did we did have a tough yeah. team and it just kind of wheels fell off. It was a shortened season, and I, I don't think it would. I mean, you know, Darcy Gear fired Lindy Ruff, and then it kind of just rebuilt. The Pat Lafontaine <laughs> experiment. Remember that? Oh yeah, I like see so many things I, I forget about that that happened, and it was like not even stuff in the team. It was like off ice issues. It was it was crazy. It was so random. We had a Pat Lafontaine who came in. I think he was a GM or president, and he was there for a week. So it, it was, then he quit and it was just so bizarre. And then we had Teddy Nolan came in to try to write the ship and then they just traded everybody. Like absolutely yeah. everybody got shipped out. Jordan Leopold, Robin Regeer, everybody yeah, got right. dealt. We had, we, had, we had all those experienced guys. Like it was just, it was insane. It was insane to go from the team that we had. And then like in a blink of an eye, it was like, you know, it was the Rochester Americans. Isn't that funny? What was that like? Cause you stayed a lot longer than I did. What was it like going in? Cause we were honestly standing Stanley cup contenders that year. Cause it was a shortened season. Yeah. Everyone was like, they have a really, really good team. And then we lost yeah. the first seven and then they just gutted our team. We stunk the year after, like we were last place. I think we were going to set the record for the least goals scored ever. Luckily I buried <laughs> a couple and we got over that benchmark. What was it like to go from like Stanley Cup contender and then Buff Lake? It, you it guys was, were awful for years. It, yeah, it, it was. It was definitely like I was thinking about it before coming on here, and I'm like, it was like guys like you and like we had some good good dudes like in, in the locker room. I think like that helped. Yeah, getting through those miserable times. Like yeah. we had a we actually had a close team, but it was just so bizarre because I think as a young guy if you look at it now, like being older and you look back at it and you're like, I wonder what I would be like the player I would be like now, if I was on like a, an experienced team, like yeah. a team that was winning for, for years to, to come. And, um, and then you look at it the other way where you're like, did I get lucky because I was on a young team and I got to play and I got to get the experience and I, you know what I mean? So there's two ways of looking at it, but I just found it was so, it was so, you know, it was just so tough to go from that, that team that was expected to make a playoff push and then, before you know it, you're you're just hoping for a lottery pick. <laughs> Did you ever get just like worn out? Like I just like this is brutal. Like what's what's yeah. we went through like I think four GMs during your time in Buffalo. Like it's it's tough as a young player. Yeah, yeah, no, it it was. I mean, yeah, we had like you said, we had a lot of a lot of management uh, swap outs, and and um, you kind of just you were hearing you liked the guy, and then before you know it, he was fired, and and then you you know they brought in someone that you didn't like, and then he was let go, and then it was it just felt like years were going by so fast there. And, and, uh, but really when you're in it, it was going so slow. Um, yeah, I, I just, yeah, you just wonder what it would be like if they would have kept Lindy or, or, you know, 
if we wouldn't have had a bad start that come that lockout year, things would have been different probably, but it happened so quick. And I mean, geez, you look at all the guys that we, that, that went through that lineup. I think my last year in Buffalo, I was the only one on the team since the 2013 season. No kidding. And, and like now looking in the locker room, I'm just like, I just, I think it was just a, just gave my head a shake. It was just insane to kind of be in the, in the NHL and go through that. But it is funny because I played on seven teams in my career and I can still look back on six of the seven teams and say, Oh yeah, I play with that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, Buffalo. Like you said, four years past the team. I couldn't name one guy on the team. Well, that I played with. Yeah. It's I think, unbelievable. I think, I think the one guy that I think you only played with was Reese Landon. Risto is yeah the only guy. Yeah, we had him it. on the show last uh, last year, and did you really? Yeah, we talked about him when I choked him out in the stick room and stuff. <laughs> I was gonna bring that up because that was probably one of the funniest things I've ever witnessed. You witnessed that? Yeah, it was it was in the stick room. You were in there. Yeah, I was in there. I was well. He he shoved his his jock in your face. Yeah. And I and all the guys were. I think you went in there and everyone kind of left. No one, no one wanted to be a witness of it. So we just said we saw Risto. <laughs> we saw Risto shaking on the ground, and we said uh, he'll come back. I thought okay. he died. That's so funny because I thought I was in there by myself. It's funny when you like kind of black out like that. I was upset. I was very upset. Well, I mean, we're it was it was a losing season. And you got a jock shoved in your face by a rookie. I mean, I I would do the same thing probably. It's just the balls on that guy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable that's so funny that's, that's the way it went down in buffalo no so respect Marcus. no respect all right go ahead tim tim's talking everybody hold on <laughs> mr felino do you mind oh a minute? my gosh um <laughs> yeah when you <laughs> when you were when you first called up like 18 19 years old what was your like welcome to the nhl moment was there a moment when you're lining up against yager on the face off or a hit from cronwall or something like that when you realized you were in the show yeah i mean i think i think my well, I mean, I, I had a couple stints like uh, with Ottawa. I played them my first two games, and um, I think just like the pace of the of the game was like welcome to the thing. But I remember my my one was we were in Washington, and that was so cool because I was playing against Ovechkin. But they had um, they had Alexander Semin on their team. Yeah, and I mean there might be there's footage of it for sure. But I got absolutely toe dragged on a um, face off win in in our D zone. We actually. Sorry, they they won the face off, but it went to Alexander Semin. And I'm like, they're like, okay, you gotta go out to Semin, you gotta go out to Semin, because I was the winger in the inside. Like, you gotta go out to Semin. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got Semin, I got Semin. And I went to go, and I I'd like jumped the face off. I'm like, I'm just gonna go and bull rush this guy. And I remember I just went to go poke check him, and he legit like went all the way around my stick <laughs> and ripped the cheese on Ryan Miller. No. And guys were just staring at me like it was like luckily we still won the game, but I'm like, this guy's like, there's some good players in this league. And Alexander Semin was so skilled. And, and I don't know, just playing against that, that line of Ovechkin. I think Semin was on there and then maybe Backstrom too. But it was, that was my welcome to the NHL moment. I'm a priest. That's so when you played the world juniors, did you play against him? No, Semin? Because he's Russian, right? I, th- I thought you might have played yeah, against him. Yeah, he's Russian. I, I was in the uh, year with well, Kuznetsov and Tarasenko. Okay. And Panarin, right? And Panarin, yeah. How sick we, were they we, at eighteen? We, uh, we were the team that was up three nothing in the third, and we lost five three. Yeah. How unbelievable were those guys? Unreal. I mean, I still think they took some Russian gas before the third period <laughs> because it was insane how good they were in the third period. But really? uh, they they made us look pretty foolish. Um, 
I think on like three of the five goals they scored, it was all it was all Tarasenko and Kuznetsov and Panarin on on all of them. So and Panarin, I think, was like a lot younger at the time. I think he was like an underage in that World Junior or something like that, and he was phenomenal. And Kuznetsov could still fly like he is now, and, and Tarasenko was like the one. Tarasenko was more of a big name in that World Junior than those two guys were, and um, for good reason, obviously. But yeah, some, those Russians are pretty skilled. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, never, we never got lucky with some of those guys yeah those russians are pretty skilled <laughs> it's so funny i i i'm still looking for that puck that seven put around my uh, body everyone's been toe dragged marcus it's okay i know i don't think actually you know what i don't think i've been toe dragged but i don't want to you were not many, enough. there's not many guys in the fourth line who can toe drag that's the thing because i would have never been out against seven <laughs> I don't think you you poke check people. I think you would go right through them. I would have elbowed him in the face and gone to seven game <laughs> suspension. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way I was going to let that happen. That's funny. So okay, Tim, do you have another one or no? Yeah, I have I have plenty of questions. Oh, I mean, cool. one. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Jack Eichel. I mean, oh, he was drafted yeah. in 2015. Yeah. Did you know right away just how special of a player he was? Were there any kind of wow moments at tryouts or practice where you're like, wow, this kid is legit superstar in the making? Yeah, I mean, right from training camp. Um, yeah. Awesome. And and I think what I loved about him, too, is he was, I mean, he was obviously highly touted. And, uh, I mean, he could have been number one. And, and yeah. uh, uh, Matt Molson on our team took him in. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helped him get used to the guys because I, I think we got to know Jack off the ice even better. And I'm telling you, man, this guy is this guy's awesome off the ice too. Like he's he's the perfect guy. He's unbelievable player. Like he's he he's a great dude and and a great leader for that organization. So, um, and especially a kid that you know, one thing that I I noticed that I mean maybe hey I, I should take a page out of his book a little bit is how hard he is on himself, and that's why it makes him so great. So, um, yeah, he he like you know if he misses an, a, a a a shot from that he should pick the corner where I'm thinking just get it on net. Like he gets mad at himself for it. And that's what makes him elite. So he's uh, he, he's an unbelievable player. And I mean, he's so much fun to watch. I honestly, I think he's, he's easily easy to like the top five or 10 players in the league. Easily. He doesn't get so, his due. I will say that he doesn't no, get his I, due. I think it's a team, you know, it's just the way he hasn't had success lately. That's all. Yeah. I mean, the guy, the guy single-handedly wins games for them. So legit, they really haven't surrounded him with a lot of guys who can compliment him that much. So yeah. when, when that, when that lottery was happening, were you watching that? Like, okay, we could get McDavid. This is, this yeah, could, like, you know what I mean? Were you guys yeah. sitting around like, hoping to get number one obviously or was that a were you just on vacation somewhere well jack had this awesome uh video that that went viral i don't know if you've ever seen that where he chugged the beer and he said i'm coming for your buffalo at some college party no did he really oh yeah That's so that awesome. went viral and it was it was pretty it was pretty comical so i think like ever since that happened all the guys in the dressing room were like we want this kid we want this kid he's gonna fit in great here <laughs> so he uh i mean not that you know we we, we lost Obviously, we didn't lose, but we 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 could have got McDavid, but obviously Edmonton got him, and uh, Jack was coming to Buffalo before we knew it. So yeah, we we're actually that was, I mean, that was probably one of the better drafts too as of late. So heck yeah, and we didn't drink much beer in Buffalo. Like no, we were very straight laced. We kept it yeah. professional. <laughs> I think maybe on a plane ride, Zen and Kanopka might have had one glass of wine. That was it. The hoppy hoppy wine. That's it. <laughs> 
I forgot about I wanna, hockey. I want to ask him how that winery of his is going. I see him every every once in a while at like an alumni game or something, and he just he just you remember he used to. Is he still is he still tiptoeing across the dress room to a stall when he comes oh, in he just five tip- minutes before getting dressed? Yeah, chugs five Red Bulls, tiptoes across there, and gets dressed real fast. That was a fun oh team. Oh, I love yeah, that team. That's that's what I meant. I, I think that we had we had a lot of guys that kept it fun because it was such a miserable time going through all that stuff. And and honestly, like it, we we had a lot of fun with it all. As as we, we won we, twenty we put games, a positive spin on it, right? For a team that yeah. we we weren't expected to win much, but we we had a good time doing it. Everyone always asks yeah. me like, why did you dance behind guys at the at the meetings? Like when they did their interviews, I always I would always jump behind guys and stuff. I'm like, why not? Like hockey's fun. Yeah. It is what it is. So yeah. Do you remember when I got knocked out by Justin Johnson at the last game of the season? Yeah, you know what I was. That was. Uh, I, I remember. I remember vividly going out and we're warming up or something like. And Teddy Nolan comes up into us and he he's talking to me like me, Kanavka, and uh, you. Yeah, and uh, maybe like even someone else that was a tough winter time on our team. And they had like Gallant, uh, Gallant, Gallant. Johnson. Johnson and they had a couple other guys and he didn't he say don't fight them or something right yeah he said he said don't fight them and then Kanopka's like I'll take I'll take Johnson <laughs> you take a lot <laughs> and you ended up taking Johnson and the guy switched on and it was the worst part about it last game of the year I was just like come on he asked me in warm-ups and I was like no I'm not fighting sorry first yeah. shift he taps him like I'm not gonna get embarrassed but you know, say Levy. Yeah, he learn. just did a quick switch on you. It looks like he's he's done that stuff before. He's he's done. Yeah, it would have been nice if you would have taken him, Marcus. Whatever. Yeah, I would have. My head would have still been in the whatever the freaking arena is called now. But in first, the Sabres arena, first stuff. credit union. You got back up really quick, though. I gotta give it. To I you. smiled. I like getting beat up sometimes. It keeps you. It looked like you kind of just got bit by a bee, and then you just kind of popped back up. I I don't know how you did it. I think that's we're all we're all impressed. Like, oh my god, you're very kind, Marcus. No, I got beat up. <laughs> you know what? That was one fight, though. I saw that you lose and the whole time playing with this, so that's that's pretty good. <sighs> that's nice, thank you. So, <laughs> and so you had some good ones. George Perros one in Florida was pretty intense. Yeah, that was a good one. I gosh, I miss playing hockey a little bit. It's fun to talk. I about just didn't it. realize how big that guy was compared to you. Like, usually you make some guys look pretty small. So, I, like, he I didn't realize how big he was until he's we got on the ice with six, him. Six five, six six. Now he's a player safety guy. Do you ever talk to him? Have you ever been suspended? No. You know what's great? Nick did. Nick got suspended this year, and he talked to him. He said George is not a nice guy, really? and uh, <laughs> it's just because he suspended him for a couple of games and lost a little bit of money. But uh, no, I've I've yet to. I've talked to him when he comes to the training camps to kind of, you know, go over the yeah, player yeah. safety, but no, I'm, I'm, I haven't crossed the line yet to get caught where I have to talk to, to him. get caught. It's funny. I remember when your brother got suspended, I said something on the podcast. I was like, yeah, Nick Foligno is one of the dirtiest players in the NHL. He's terrible. <laughs> I'm like, he's been suspended before. And I took a lot of heat for it. Everyone's like, no, he's never been suspended. What are you talking about? And I had to, Oh, I had yeah. to recant my statement because that was his first suspension, I think. So, anyways, yeah, which I'm I'm shocked that it was because Nick Nick is dirty. Well, he's not dirty, I, but I, he plays on the line like he's a physical player yeah. like yourself. Yeah, I'm surprised well, you gave him a He's a little bit more of a he was a little bit more um, ratty, dirty. Oh, you, know you think I mean? so? Like he would he, he would cheap shot cheap shot you or get you pretty good with a slash or something like that. And now they're now they're even they might suspend you for like you know when the guys would uh, kind of can't open you if you're in the front of the net and stuff like that. Oh really? You get suspended for that stuff now. It's just yeah, there's a lot of rules now that are changing. Really? D man can't whack you in the back of the legs. And Do you like that? Make it drop. 
don't know. I mean, I think it's part of the game. I don't think you can take that stuff away. Yeah, so you don't like the, the changes. Yeah, I mean, just the stuff in front of the net, the little, you know, because when playoffs happen, it doesn't get called. So right. Why are we? That's yeah. funny. Man, I don't, it's funny you don't hear about that, but yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. They're, they're changing the fabric of the game, and I don't know why they're doing it. The game's yeah, fine. I think it, I mean, guys make a, make, make a living in front of the net, taking a beating. Indeed.com. Oh, 2020 is almost over finally. I can't believe it. It's December. Thank goodness. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient. Working abroad, you can't go into work, which means every hire is critical. That's why Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job sites. That's what you want. You get eyes on your job. You don't post it and three schlubs in Indiana look at it. You get everybody all over the world. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. And now, Indeed's new way of matching with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do, baby. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit, $75 to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. So try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere right here on my show. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. You better believe it. Football is back and it's in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline. They are your online sports book experts. Do you find that your game style is slowly being weeded out or are you being more effective because there's less of you, the fast physical guys who get in on the four check? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, you definitely, I mean, that's one thing I, I, I realized I've kind of had to adapt to is, is being quicker and faster and like, you know, like those penalty kill roles and things yeah. like that, where you're effective that way and being a little bit more defensive and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think there's less of us that, you know, can, try to play and can stick up for teammates and you know do that and then you have to obviously try to chip in offensively so um yeah i mean i, I think we're we're slowly um i think there's just there's less guys like that now and I, maybe it, it is better because I, i'm still able to keep up and do that stuff but uh um but yeah there, there's less of that i mean the, the tough guy mentality role where you're just going out and you got you got to be able to 
to make plays and stuff like that. Well, yeah, that role is dead. It's kind of cool where you are literally one of a select few of the guys who can still hang. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, I felt like I was one of the last true fighters to play the game. And now you're one, like there's not many power forwards in the game. There really isn't. Every team might have one or two. Yeah. Kinda cool. Yeah. I know that's, that's the thing, right? It's, 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 it's pretty nice to be a, one of the guys that is counted on to be that power forward. So, I mean, it's big if you're, if you're that for your team. So, um, but yeah, you know, going up against a guy like you is, is, is rare now. <laughs> so that's, that's one thing that's a positive for, for yeah. you know, guys in the league. It's just that mentality of, you know, you guys, I'm sure you've had to, or you've already know what's the night before, what's it going to look like for you guys with the guys in their team of who you're fighting. And that's kind of, out the window a little bit that mentality yeah i was gonna ask who makes you nervous now like who who keeps you up at night i mean in ways i think like you know the the i mean the the toughest guys the the, the, you know you look at the ryan reeves the luchiches like you know those guys you're gonna have to because i I play on the edge you know you look at like what tom wilson goes through and and things like that you know you're eventually gonna have to answer the bell to one of those guys because it's just how we have to play and Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then you're not effective. So, um, I mean, I, I, I fought Reeves lot, uh, two years ago and it was just a nice big bear hug. So I got lucky there, but it's just stuff that, you, you know, I'm okay with, but you gotta, those, those things, you gotta keep your head on the swivel. Cause those guys are, are pretty intimidating. So, so Marcus, 2017, you're traded to Minnesota. How do you find out about the trade? It's one of those things where you see it on Twitter before you get the call. And, uh, I mean, what was your reaction and maybe who kind of was the guy that you guys, you clicked with right away when you got there? Yeah. Um, funny thing about that is I was actually in a wedding party for my brother-in-law, uh, who was, he was, he was getting married that day. So I, um, my, my brother-in-law actually, my other brother-in-law had my phone and he's like, Hey, it looks like, you know, your GM of Buffalo is calling you. And I go, oh, okay. So I answered it and like, not thinking about anything. And I think we're, <laughs> having some casual drinks before uh, the getting the photos going for the wedding party. And um, I got told I was traded there. So uh, it, it, that whole thing, you know, you're on a, having fun with all the groomsmen and stuff like that and join the day. And, and then you kind of get told the news. So then I had to call with obviously my wife right away and, and she was in the wedding party for the other side. So uh, with, with the, with the bridesmaids. So it was kind of uh it was a weird, weird moment. And, and then it was a lot of interviews and then I just turned my phone off and enjoyed the night. So <laughs> that was pretty much how that day went. Um, it, it's it's weird. Honestly, I think it's just because I've been in Buffalo for six years and and just having so many ties to that city. And um, it was obviously a little bit weird leaving Buffalo. Um, but I was lucky to be leaving Buffalo with Tyler Ennis. So that was one thing that was pretty cool. I got traded with Tyler Ennis in that trade um, for our next Sabre, Jason Palmville, who I played with my first couple of years. So really, really weird trade. But uh, uh, I knew a little bit of uh, a couple guys. Chris Stewart was on the team in Minnesota, and I played with him in Buffalo. Um, and and we have a, we have a pretty good core here now, and and guys that were here when I got here. So um, yeah, I was I was lucky to kind of have someone go into Minnesota with uh, on the same terms as myself. Uh, but all the guys seemed to be pretty good, and it was it was, a, it was pretty easy to kind of transition into. Marcus Danielle wants to say hi. Hi Danielle, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Nice to see you guys. Yeah, you too. How's how, when we were just talking about how you had life with one daughter, now you got six. So I feel like we had changed. we had two little ones when we were there, right? Not right oh, off the bat. We had one right oh, at one. 
Yeah. I think and then the, at the end you had the, the the second one. I was actually telling that to John because um, I remember you and Tasha were just like young, not even married, and I know we were kind of I in know. your position because you guys have a new little one right now, right? Yeah, yeah. we have. Uh, we got the uh, two and a half year old Olivia, then we got the two month old Camila. Oh so. my! And I love the names; they're oh, so beautiful. You. And your the Italian names. Oh, beautiful! And your girls are just a adorable you've got to see them they're yeah. like just incredibly cute well thanks thanks to you and natasha they're good looking girls so that's yeah. why you know anything that we're lucky hey john smart guys yeah i'm not one to look at <laughs> like i think if anyone's ever seen me they know that but you're good looking marcus stop it what happened because your brother's ugly they, they must yeah it was the, the, the mailman that year the mailman was tough that year i i got that joke so much as a kid because all my brothers are like five foot ten like how tall's the milkman i'm like whack <laughs> in the face I'm like good one buddy <laughs> that's funny but anyway what were you yeah. guys talking about sorry danielle came over well i want to transit to the buffalo yeah I want to ask about Miko Koivu because I mean, obviously he's he's now no longer part of that of the Wild team, which is really an end of an era in Minnesota. Can you talk a little bit about just I mean how good of a leader he is, what he means to that franchise, and and maybe what is he underrated as an offensive player? I think he doesn't get really his name doesn't get thrown out too much, but he's put up some quietly good numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Miko's Miko's awesome. I mean, honestly, he's probably you know he's one of the best captains I've ever had the privilege of playing for, and. Um, I think the thing with Miko that, you know, anyone will, will say this is this what he brought every day to the rink. I mean, he was like even keel. He was his work ethic was already always there. He was kind of the easiest guy to 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 follow. Um, and that's what made him so good. Um, you know, he, he's a finished guy. So you always gave him that, you know, he, he never always had a easy smile. You know, it was tough to kind of make the guy smile. He always looked really intense. Um, but that, that was Miko. That's how, that's what, that's what made him who he was, but, um, he was always a good guy up to having a good time and, and stuff like that and, and gathering the, the guys together. And, um, but he just knew when to, to be a pro. I mean, he was so good at it every day. Um, uh, his, like I said, it's just his work ethic. He was, he was the hardest working guy in practice every day. And it just, nothing better as a young guy to come into a situation like that, where, um, you know, Miko is 36 years old or, or 37. Um, he, he was, he was, you know, out muscling guys in practice and things like that. And he's pushing guys. So when you have your captain doing that, it kind of sets everyone that, you know, everyone in line and, and, and follows pretty well. So, um, he has, like you said, I think underrated for sure. Offensively. Um, he had probably one of the best shootout moves going in, in a long time with the, with the, the forehand to backhand over the glove. And, and yeah, he almost perfected that. Um, and, you know, he just, he had such a good, good time here. What a legacy left in Minnesota. And, and I'm excited for him in, in Columbus. I think it's going to be um, something where, you know, maybe him not being the captain, uh, you know, my brother just kind of was talking to him a little bit and just wants Miko to come in there and just have fun, honestly, just to kind of play a relaxed role. And, and um, he's so, you know, Miko didn't tail off a, a lot. I mean, I know he's at the end of his career. That's what people kind of label him as, but he's got a lot of juice. He's got a lot of heart. He's got a lot of work ethic. Um, and I think he's going to fit great into the, the Blue Jackets organization. So, um, you know, we're, 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 we're happy that we don't have to face him next season, but uh, we, we definitely hope that he, he has a great year. And I, I think he will. Yeah, he was my captain when I came in. And he was just That's a young, right. you're here. Yeah. I was there for a few years. That's where I started my career in Minnesota. And he, 
he was the same guy throughout his whole career. Like he, he his first, cause I was there when he was named captain. It was just cool to see him just wow. embrace the role. Like, and that was 10, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. It, it's just kind of neat to see him just still be the who, same player. Who was your coach? We had Jacques Lemaire. And how was that? How was he? Because Miko has like this love for Jacques Lemaire. Yeah, he is. Everything you hear about him, how he's like one of the best coaches, if not the best coach ever, is true. He makes it easy to play the game where you know exactly where to go at exactly whatever time it is in the game, whatever situation it is. He makes it super simple to play. And as like as a like a rookie coming in it it was so easy he's like you go there you'll succeed you do this you'll succeed and he's just a really good players coach so i wow. love playing for that guy and he he molds you into be a, a, like a great player he puts you in situations where you can succeed so but did he have this thing like where i heard that he would almost like throw the throw the captaincy around like he would change it every year yeah i don't think he knew who he like no one really took hold of it you know and yeah I, I think he was looking for someone to just grab hold of it and just be like, I'm the captain. This is my team. And it never happened. He gave it to like Brian Rolston and all these other guys got it. And once Miko got it, it was, it was his team. So okay, it, it was kind of neat how that happened, but yeah, he gave everybody a shot. And I think that was kind of neat, but the good coach, he obviously quit and, you know, won won his way, but it was just, it was just cool to see Miko kind of progress as a captain to kind of age and, when I met him, gosh, he was just this 25-year-old kid who was captain, and he acted like he was 35 and knew exactly what to do. And he was always, like you said, hard worker, always serious, but he didn't know how to have fun when it was time to have fun. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's sad to see him go. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know. I think, I think, you know, he did what he had to do in Minnesota. You guys have been stagnant for a few years. Who's going to be the next captain? Like, who, who is it? Because, honestly, your name has been in the mix, Marcus. I'm not going to lie. When people say who's yeah. the next, next captain of Minnesota, what what would you I say mean, if if you were like Billy Garrett calls you in? And he said, "Marcus, you're the next captain." I mean, yeah, I'd be <laughs> honored. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I think it's something that um, I mean, yeah, you you would love to be a, a, a captain of a of an NHL franchise. That's for sure. Um, I think I'm lucky because I see my brother get to do it and see what he goes through on a daily basis and. Um, you know, what he's been going through in Columbus. So um, I'm lucky to kind of have someone I can bounce information off of and just to get advice from. But, I mean, we have such, you know, with leaders of, of Suter and, and Parise and, and, you know, a guy like Spurgeon too. You know, these yeah. guys are, you know, these guys, Zach was a captain in, in, in New Jersey and, you know, Suits has just been, you know, kind of an assistant for a long time. And he's, you know, over a thousand games, both those guys. And, um, you know, it's just, I mean, you know me, it's it's one of those things where I'm uh, just a team guy and that's how I like to keep it. So, um, you know, a, uh, with a C or without a C, it, it's not going to change the way I am. I'm a little bit more vocal than I was in Buffalo. I think just, just as you get older, you just, what's what happens, you get a little more comfortable. And But not to a point, I like to think that, uh, you know, I can only shout and yell if, if, if I feel like I'm working and doing my job. So that's how I've, I've come to come to be. Yeah, you guys have made a few moves this offseason. You try to shake it up. What what do you guys have to do to kind of get over that hump? Because it seems like it's Groundhog Day every year for the Wild. You've been there for a few years. You're competitive. You have these expectations. You have great players. Like, if, if you look at your lineup yeah. from top to bottom, you're a pretty good team, like, on yeah. paper. And then all of a sudden it just, you know, like you said, with Winnipeg, you win the first game and then you can't get over that hump. What, like, what do you guys need to do to kind of 
take that next step? And I know he can't, it's, it's hard to answer, but I don't know. What do you, what yeah. do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, the, the way I like our team this year, I mean, it just, I think we have some, like, we have some game breakers now. And like, what I mean, and like, you, you know, we kind of always relied on like a first line and, and then it kind of dropped down from there and then more depth players. And I think we kind of got it back now with this Kevin Fiala kid. Um, who's been just an absolute stud since, you know, last, you know, Christmas time. And it's, it's not a one-time thing. I mean, he was great for us in the playoffs um, against Vancouver. And, and then now I think we just have this kind of this young and exciting talent uh, with this Kirill Kaprizov kid who's a Russian coming in this year. Um, you're supposed to look and turn heads. And then I just think our defense is so solid. I mean, you always have to have a good defense and you always have to like every team that wins a cup, you look at like who they have on D and, I mean, we, we have unbelievable players. I mean, you have Suter and Spurgeon who are, who are, you know, so good together. And then you have Dumba, who, I mean, was having an unbelievable career kind of two years ago and then he got injured. But this bro, this Jonas Brodeen, who he plays with Matt Dumba, is, yeah. is one of the best, we call him best stick in the West because he's unbelievable at just pickpocketing <laughs> guys and, and he's got quick feet. But he's an unbelievable Swedish defenseman. There's your four guys that you can kind of go and win a championship with. And then, I think offensively what we were just missing was that kind of like that, that jump, that excitement, that creativity. And I think we got it going into next year. So, um, I mean, I know, I know the role I played, you know, the checking line type thing. You always need those guys. And, and, and I think we have a pretty solid third, we call it three, a and three B. We normally have a fourth line cause we have, we have both lines that can compete. Um, we brought in a guy like Nick Bonino, who's won mm-hmm. twice now and, and, you know, puts up points and he just knows his job, knows how to, knows how to play the game. So, I think having those guys now um, is going to benefit our team. So I, I feel like now we're kind of – this is our chance to get over that hump. Yeah, Billy Guerin's done a good job. I've been impressed. And he said at the end of the year, he's like, our biggest weakness is goaltending. And I like me and Al are good friends. I know Al yeah. quite well. He had a great year. He's an awesome guy in the locker room. Do you yeah, think you getting um, Alex Jones – Because right? Do you think that will solidify the goaltending uh, situation there? Or I don't know. That's always a question mark in Minnesota. Dubnik was, I don't want to say terrible for the last few years. He's had some personal issues. He's had some tough times. Yeah. It's, it's just always been that issue in Minnesota. And I don't know. I know you can't. Answer I, feel like it, I feel like it's just something that, yeah, we just, we got to get past. Cause I think it, it was kind of an easy excuse. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've been here for three years and I feel like that's kind of how it's, how it's been. And it, it sucks for those guys. Cause they're great guys. And, um, I mean, do we, won a lot of games for this organization too. So, um, but I mean, like you said, Al, and now we have Cam Talbot coming in, who's I think excited. So why did I say Alex Jones? Is there, who's Alex Jones? <laughs> thinking Martin Jones? You know what? Martin Jones? I don't know, but you think you're thinking about doing it going to San Jose with Jones. You know what happened was I haven't had a drink in two weeks <laughs> and my wife opened up a bottle of wine tonight and I've had a glass and I just had a beer and I might, I'm not thinking straight. So I blame Daniel. Yeah, but- who is this Alex Jones? This guy could go with <laughs> something we don't know. You were very kind to just kind of breeze through my massive mistake and then correct me. That's good. But yeah, um, yeah I, I, that's, Cam that's Talbot. I okay. Now we're, we're back yeah. on the same page. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Alex Talbot, but Alex that would have been. Talbot. No, but anyways, I, I I'm encouraged by yeah. Cam Talbot. I mean, He's a good I goalie. Got, yeah. And I, I think the thing going into next season too, is we have a lot of guys that have to prove themselves too. Cause we have some guys on contract years. Um, we got some, you know, just, you know, like you said, Al, who had a heck of a season next year, he's, I, you know, we're excited for him to follow it up and, and, and Al's, you know, 
is he, do people say that he's number one? I mean, he, he's a he's a goalie that I always think that they can always push for the number one, which yeah. is exciting because that's what you need to to have success. So, um, yeah, like I said, we like the position that we're going into next season with. I like it. So my last question, Marcus, uh, then I'll throw it back to John. I like asking guests who were or teammates of John. What can you tell us? Some maybe a funny story. When people ask about John Scott, what's the story you tell them? They don't and ask on the about- ice. I'm sure that's not true. On the ice, dressing room, on the plane, whatever. Uh, honestly, I think the the best one. I mean, the one that sticks with me is because of uh, we had a rookie party in Tampa, and I had to like stand up in front of all the guys and 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 like roast all the veterans. And as a rookie, it's very intimidating. So, you know, you, you, you slam a glass of wine, you get up. And then uh, I had Thomas Vanek in my ear and he's just like, you got to, you got to roast Johnny. You got to roast Johnny. And I'm like, I'm not going after John. No, no effing way. Like there's no way I'm going after him. Anyways, I said some like stuff about John. I'd maybe like, Oh, Hey, thanks for showing up to a, a free team meal, you know, and, cause he never comes out with the guys, something stupid along the lines like that. And next morning we have, we have a pregame skate. Uh, no, we have a practice next morning in Tampa and I'm like putting my suit pants back on and then my phone's ringing. So I'm like, okay, I'll just grab my phone. And I'm like, well, my pocket is like completely sewn shut. And like all my pockets in my like brand new suit are all sewn. <laughs> and, and all I see is John walked by me. He's like, he's like, don't you ever have to talk about me like that again. And then that was it. That was the rest <laughs> of that. What the hell just happened? Oh, it was, it was uh, that was, uh, that was, don't piss off John Scott moment, but he was, that was the thing about John is that he was always joking. It was always for fun. And I was a rookie at the time. So I deserved it. I don't think you deserved it, but you know, that was a good it's one, all in like, good and fun. I, and you kept calling my phone and I'm like, <laughs> and I was like ready to rip them. I had to get like a, uh, like an exacto knife and like cut all the little, Oh so yeah. That's where it's good to know the trainers. Pocket. It's good to know the George trainers. Ba- George Babcock, that little rat. I like Babs. I got to get a that he would be a great interview on the show. He did some that guy has stories. Oh, he's for got days. lots of stories. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, anyways, Marcus, you were a great guy, good teammate. I wish, gosh, I wish I would have played with you longer. I really did. I'm glad you're yeah, still, fun. I'm glad you're still cruising, together. man. Oh, sorry. We keep talking over each other. No, it's okay. Tim but, anyways, we'll let you go. I really appreciate you joining the show. When the league, when the league gets going, we got to have you back on. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I know oh, probably baby number three is probably on the way soon, I would imagine, if she's two yeah, and yeah, a half we, months or so. I think in six months, I'm guessing she'll be pregnant again. We'll talk. <laughs> That's how it works in the Scott household anyways. Perfect. We'll be halfway to you, we'll be halfway to you guys by then. That's we, we can just start a girls hockey team, like 20 girls. Seriously. I'm doing oh my, my part. You need to pick it up a little more. But anyways. Yeah, you're, you're the official girl dad. I know. Hey, man, Congrats. I really appreciate you coming on the show. You're, you're just Yeah, I know. Thanks for having great. me. Good to see you, Danielle, and say hello to the, the girls. Ava, for sure, because she knows me. But, uh, yeah. The but, one of the uh, good no, ones. thanks for having me on. One of the good guys in hockey, Marcus Foligno. Thanks, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Dropping Underscore Gloves. For episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways, check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.